This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Happy birthday to you. Hey, where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means there's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Hello there. Libby is off today. She is back on Thursday. In a few minutes, we'll be talking about the new allegations of assault at St. Michael's College School, so please stay with us for that. First, though, how much do you think the nation pays for your annual health care? In other words, how many taxpayer dollars do you think it takes to provide your personal health care every year? If you heard the news, total health spending is expected to add up to just over $6,800 for each Canadian this year, which is over $200 more per person than what was spent last year. That information is part of a new report just released by the Canadian Institute for Health Information. Michael Hunt is one of the report's authors, and he joins us now on the line. Hi, Michael. Hello, Jane. Let's put that number in perspective. Is it reasonable for the health care we provide to our citizens? Well, I think we never talk in terms of whether it's reasonable or not. We, we're really a statistical organization, so we talk about the numbers as we spend them. I think in terms of we try to do these things uh, sort of in comparative ways, so we look at other countries in the world to see where we sit in terms of spending uh, in comparison to some of those other countries. And uh, I think for us uh, in this country, uh, we deliver a uh, you know, significant amount of health care, and it does cost a fair amount of money to do that. I'd like to put that out to our listeners as well. You, the Zoomer Radio listener, do you feel that you get $6,800 worth of health care every year? And is that reasonable for your personal health care needs? 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. You mentioned other countries, Michael. Let's talk about the countries that offer similar health care than what we offer in Canada and how much they're spending. Yeah, sure, Jane. We look at, uh, we do try to look at, there's 36 other countries in the world we compare to, and we actually choose a subset of those countries who deliver health care similarly to what we do in Canada, although, the, of course, the, the, you know, the qualifier is the, every country has a different way of delivering health care, but, you know, we look at sort of the top end of the spenders within those countries, and uh, the U.S. is uh, consistently there. They spend about $12,000 a person. Um, on their health care, and, and we sort of fit in the middle. So we look like uh, places like France and the Netherlands. Uh, we probably spend a little more than Australia and the United Kingdom, but we're right in the middle, but we're considered in the overall group a relatively high spender. 
is that does that come as a surprise to you that the United States public health care dollars are much higher per person than here in Canada, given that we have public uh, pharmacare and they don't? I think we're not surprised uh, that the American system uh, spends more uh, on their health care than than we do per person. We see this as a um, a consistent number over time. Uh, not a surprise at all. And tell, uh, explain for us why, because that sort of runs inconsistent to what we think we deliver as nations to our citizens in terms of health care. Well, it's, it's, you know, it's really about system design. So, I mean, there's a large private, uh, private sector component to the U.S. system. Certainly, uh, I think on the service side, uh, you know, they deliver wait times are fairly low, uh, I think, in terms of... Uh, available services and access, so they're very high, but again, you have to really put that into perspective. It does cost a lot of money to have those services in place. So just to clarify, this is total health spending, public and private. Total health health spending, public and private, yes. All right, let's go to the phones, get some reaction. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Hi, Pat. Pat from Toronto on the line. Go ahead. Uh, Michael, my understanding is that in Canada we spend about 14% of GDP on health care, and in the U.S. it's about 20%. Is that is, is, those numbers tie in with what you understand? Uh, yeah, I think they do. Um, I think we in Canada we're about 11% of our GDP on. Oh on... I, no, the numbers I've seen have certainly been 14. But anyway, uh, let's not argue. There is a big difference, is the point. And I, you know, one of the things that hits me. If you talk to any Americans, it's the amount of uh, input uh, by those people who are telling you at the insurance company whether you can have this test or that test. There's a lot of uh, non-medical uh, people involved in running their system. And, you know, certainly that adds a lot of burden and cost. And the other thing is the amount of the bad debts and bankruptcies. Um, I can remember skiing out in uh, Colorado, and I heard a guy saying, oh, well, he had had a broken leg, and it was a $25,000 bill, and he couldn't pay the surgeon, so he was going to have to declare bankruptcy. So, um, you know, there are a lot of costs in the U.S. that don't go towards, really, towards medicine. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get Michael to comment. Thank you, Pat, for calling in. Sure, you know, and I'll you know I'll start out by saying no one knows what's the best system, but but I think if you begin to add the costs of managed health care that we see in the U.S., there's an overhead and administrative cost to that. There's no question. I think what would be interesting, Michael, is to know of the sixty-eight hundred dollars that we each use up in health care money over the course of a year, what percentage of that is public money and what percentage of that is private coverage, say from the companies we work for. Yeah, that's a good question, Jane. I think uh, we we know that about seventy percent of what we spend in healthcare in this country is uh, is covered publicly and thirty percent privately. It depends on the sector you look at spending in, but uh, overall, it's about a seventy thirty split. Okay, and why are we seeing a difference in the cost depending on province? And it would appear from your report online that. Ontario is actually uh, the most cost-effective in terms of what's being spent on people here for health care. 
Yeah, I think, uh, again, when you look country to country, everybody differs in how they deliver health care. We do it at least 13 different ways in this country. Jurisdictions or each province and territory is responsible for their own uh, citizens and how they deliver health care to them. So there is variation in what the costs are within those jurisdictions based on how they decide who they're going to cover, what services they provide. Um, and, you know, some have some very large geographic areas they need to cover, like the territories, and, you know, then travel becomes a significant part of health care costs. Well, this is certainly a topic that is near and dear to your heart. Our phone lines are jammed. 416-360-0740. Toll-free 1-866-744-740. Let's go to Margaret in Kitchener. Margaret, what would you like to add? Oh, um... Yeah, okay. Um, I, I don't believe in OHIP. Uh, when it first came out, I didn't believe. I don't believe in anything that's compulsory. Anyway, I went to doctors. They managed to cripple me with that mesh stuff. And that was 15 years ago. And I will never, ever see another doctor again. They I'd crippled you with what? Margaret, they crippled you with what? The mesh. You've heard of the mesh? No, sorry, help me out. You've never heard of that mesh that had crippled women? Okay, so we're talking about, um, I know men have the mesh when they have a hernia operation, that kind of thing? Yes. Right. This is uh, for uh, lifting up the bladder or anything intestinal. Sure. And they fail to realize there's nerves down there. I haven't been able to walk for 15 years. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, yeah, I'm Obviously. But thank you. Um, so anyways, I, I've, I've been to the doctor after the operation, and I couldn't help but notice that they're not smart at all. They're, I know more than, than he did. Okay, well, I, I certainly understand why you're bitter. There's no doubt about that. Um, let's get back here to Michael Hunt, one of the authors of the report just released by the Canadian Institute for Health Information. Margaret's comments um, certainly uh, would appear to be about an unusual situation, but it does bring to light, in terms of the $6,800 per person, how is that broken down? Like, what is that money spent on? Well... Yeah, that's a good question, Jane. I think if you sort of look at everything we deliver in healthcare, so we deliver long-term care, we deliver services um, more on the private side for other professionals, OT, physio, uh, dental, um, and and eye care. I mean, it's broken down significantly uh, amongst a number of areas. We focus on the main three here, which are 60% of that spending is taken up in hospitals, uh, drugs, and physician billings. Okay, well, Darko in Etobicoke has an even more specific question for you about that. Go ahead, Darko. Yeah, like, you know, when you talk about total health care, obviously, when we die, a lot of people, that's when we incur a lot of our expense. They say the last three months is the most expensive in, the, in, the, in life. But, like, as far as, like, you know, what, is what I call regular visits versus catastrophic care, what percentage of what we pay is, is, is that 6800 is catastrophic, like say bro- broken legs, stuff like that, you know, cancer and, and uh, you know, bypass surgery, which we consider catastrophic versus you go to the, your doctor visits. Because like, you know, one thing, I hardly use anything because I'd be lucky. So yeah. I'm going to go for one or two a year visits, depending on, you know, for, di- for different things. But, um, 
it, I pay more for, like, say, chiropractic, which doesn't get covered here, or having a massage therapist, which I find helps my health mm-hmm. more than, than anything. Okay, Darko, good question. Michael, I'll put that over to you. I'll let you go, Darko. Thank you. Okay. Jane, I had a little hard time following that one. Could you summarize the question? Well, I think for what me? he's asking is uh, catastrophic health care versus just regular health care in the course of a, of a healthy lifestyle over the course of a healthy Canadian's year. Well, you know, I think when, when you begin to look at health spending overall, I, you do, you know, it varies. And, and there's no question it varies on disease burden. Uh, and, th- and that tends to do a lot of variation by age. So if you would dig a little deeper sort of into the numbers, uh, we know that children less than one consume about $11,000 a year. If you're over 65, you consume about $11,000 a year. If you start to push that sort of out into sort of those, the more uh, elderly, so in the 80 plus, it costs us about $20,000 a year to look after those individuals. Okay, see, that's interesting. Uh, Now, as for costs of prescription drugs, another report, it's sort of a tandem report to what we've been talking about, reveals that just under 43% of prescribed medicine spending will be financed by the public sector this year, so presumably 57% is, is covered by the public sector. How does that number fall in line with other countries, public versus private drug coverage? Uh, we, have, we have an advantage in this country in that we have excellent data to work from. So we're actually able to break our numbers down, like you say, we're able to divide them up. So those to get into those that sort of precision and compare to other countries, we're challenged to do that. And that's mainly because other countries don't collect the data to the same extent we do here in this country, which is a real advantage for us for decision making. Like if you start to sort of you know, you can look at sort of the splits. And so if we look at, you know, a few of the countries and some of the ones we compare to, we begin to look at sort of that. Traditionally, Canada is a 70-30 split. So 70% of all costs are covered public money, 30% are covered private, and private is sort of out of your pocket, plus those those individuals who have third-party coverage, perhaps sue an employer. There are some countries where we know that splits... 2080. And the question is, the basket of services that you have in that 80%, again, may in fact cover drug coverage. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's an interesting look. It's one of those things, you know, we are talking about uh, sort of a national pharma care program. And and I'm sure some of the considerations within that are, do we shift to a 2080 uh, in terms of public-private funding, or do we stick with the 70-30? There's significant costs involved as you move away from sort of where we are now. Let's get back to the phones, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. Simon in Toronto, you have a question for our author, Michael Hunt. Thank you very much for taking my call, uh, Jane. And by the way, you sound so much like Libby. Have you ever been told that? We get that from time to time, but <laughs> I'll take <laughs> that as a question. I'll take it as I'm a gonna, compliment. Thank I'm you. I'm going to ask Michael. Um, I know Italy, uh, one of the countries, and I'm sure they're in your um, list of 38 that you mentioned. Their service delivery is very, very, very much like Canada's. I'm just wondering how we compare with them. And then uh, the second part of my question is, um, is the population uh, factored in in your study when, uh, when you uh, tally up all the numbers? Okay, good question, Simon. Thank you. Let's get to uh, Michael with some answers for you. 
Sure. Thanks, Simon. That's a great question. I actually don't have the Italian numbers in front of me. I can get them. Uh, I think uh, we... But, but I will tell you in the population, so one of the things you'll find is in our reports as we go through, we'll report the big numbers of $253 billion to deliver health care in the country. But we also focus ourselves on what we'll always call per capita or per person spending, and when we get to the $6,800 per person, because I think that adjusts for population. And you do need to adjust for population in any of these reports. Um, it gives a more accurate uh, look because some jurisdictions or some provinces uh, have, of course, greater population like Ontario or BC or Alberta than those jurisdictions who have more uh, sparsely populated areas. And the territories are a good example of that. But if we look at some of the western provinces and some of the east, we do adjust for population size, and it's important to do that. I want to ask you, we were talking about the prescription drugs there, just as a follow-up to that question. Two out of the three drugs, of the top three drugs we're spending our money on as a nation, I found this interesting, are related to aging. Can you expand on that? Uh, sure. I think uh, the whole, actually, the, the drug report that we've released at the same time gives us a, an inside view on sort of where we are spending our money on uh, what particular kinds of prescribed drugs we're spending our money on. The, the, the shift uh, now is towards uh, biologicals uh, and more expensive drugs, which, which actually takes us to an interesting place. Um, if we're looking at sort of what we call anti-TNFs or those newer biologicals we use for uh, rheumatoid arthritis or arthritic conditions or inflammatory conditions, they're quite expensive. Um, and I think the, the issue becomes with some of those products and services is that we're probably not going to see the generic relief that we had seen with oral agents or easier agents to produce. Again, also there's two other products that kind of top the list in there, and one of those is for um, degenerative disease of the eyes, generally in the elderly, consuming a large portion of our increase in spending. And, and you know, and, and thirdly, we have some new treatments for hepatitis C that we just really did not have before. And the antivirals we use for those, again, per treatment, are, have a significant cost. And so some of those diseases more uh, occur more often in the elderly, some not more, el- more often in the elderly, but we do know that some of those new biologicals across all age groups are beginning to creep in, and we are really going to have to continue to do reports like this to really understand the impact of the shift in those types of treatment. They're effective treatments. There's no question we should have access to them. What are their impact on our spending overall? We need to make sure we understand that. I'd like to take just a couple of more calls here before we switch topics and uh, talk about the latest allegations at St. Mike's. Uh, We'll go to Joan in Orangeville first. Go ahead, Joan. Oh, yes. Thank you, uh, Jane, for taking my call. And yes, you do sound like Libby. (laughs) Um, The the call a couple uh, voices back, the lady that had mesh put in her stomach. Boy, that really alarmed me because... uh, why she said she, 15 years she can't walk i had a mesh put in my in my stomach abdomen area due to surgeries i've had and um three years ago next month and i'm still walking i mean i i wish she had elaborated more on that and said why or has she not checked 
with the doctors, or was there an error or bloop that was made? Right, and certainly you'd want to follow up with your doctor about that, and maybe she has, but certainly we appreciate hearing a good news story with regards uh, to mesh and uh, issues around the health of older women. Thanks for calling in, Joan. Oh, you're welcome. I listen every day. Thank Great. You. Good to have you out there. Let's go to Rosie in Guelph. This will be our final call on this topic. Go ahead, Rosie. Oh, hello. Uh, this probably sounds kind of judgmental, but I think the costs are run up by people who go to emerge when they or their children have completely self-manageable illnesses. I'm talking about the common cold for mm-hmm. which there's no cure right. and gastroenteritis, the stomach flu, instead of just having some knowledge about this and taking care of it themselves. But having said that, I previously, except for the last couple of years, I rarely went to the doctor, mostly just once a year for an annual physical, because I took care of myself. Mm -hmm. But now I'm grateful for OHIP because of cancer surgery, um, chemotherapy, radiation, and treatments for the great many side effects I have. How is uh, your cancer therapy going? I'm finished with all the therapy I can get because I have advanced and aggressive cancer, but I'm, I don't know, I spend my time being grateful and trying to exercise, eat right, and manage my pain. Thank you, Rosie. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. And Rosie, uh, that's a good way to end uh, our discussion here, Michael. Uh, certainly the healthcare system is there for us when we really need it. Yes, uh, Jane, that's for sure. I mean, I think that's, that's the, uh, you know, the goal of all of us who make decisions in healthcare and, and decision makers within our, our own provinces and governments. We want to make sure that the system is funded uh, and delivers care when we need it. Thank you so much for joining us. I found it very interesting. Thanks, Jean. Michael Hunt, one of the authors of a report just released by the Canadian Institute for Health Information on health care spending in this country. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Happy birthday to you. Hey, Bye. where's mom going? She hasn't even opened her presents. Well, son, she just turned 65, which means... There's new offers for her at Specsavers. What? Yep, an eye exam now costs her nothing, and she can get 30% off lens upgrades with any pair of glasses. Wow. So, can we cut the cake now? You betcha. No-cost eye exams are for eligible seniors at all participating locations with costs covered by provincial health care. Conditions apply. See specsavers.ca. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.